Peanut Butter and Jelly Shoes. My name is Caitlin. My name is Tiffany. And it, in case you just didn't notice there, Tiffany's uh, voice is a little garbled. And why is that, Tiffany? I am literally phoning it in today. <laughs> <laughs> we are stuck in the middle of this quarantine out here in Los Angeles, and we still wanted to try to figure out a way to make this happen. And this is the best we came up with after maybe like a 20-minute extensive trial and error period oh at least yeah we we tried multiple different methods to get clearer audio and this was the best we could come up with so here we are um you're welcome yeah thank you for joining me via phone tiffany you're welcome i'm so busy right now i just had to find the time to carve it out of my schedule (laughs) absolutely slammed with stuff to do she's being facetious (laughs) don't you use your big words at me you're being silly. I am being silly. I'm sorry. But yes, we really wanted to try to make a, make this happen, and we're doing our best. So thank you for tolerating the quality right now. Yeah, and so in, in sort of the theme of the, um, the thing that's going on on the planet right now, uh, that will severely date this episode, hopefully in a year from now, um, is the quarantine. And we tried to watch something today that was on theme. And what did we watch? Well, we watched a little movie from 1996 called Biodome. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, We have not had a conversation separately about this yet. Nope. But we're going to find out what the other one thought uh, as we go. This is the first time we haven't watched something together. That's, That's correct. It felt weird. I felt very strange sitting at home watching Biodome by myself on my laptop. That's, that's 2020 for you, though. Yeah, and that's the... But the beautiful thing is is that it's free on Amazon Prime, so we didn't have to spend a dollar on it, thank God. <laughs> thank God. I might have been upset. I would have been upset. Yeah, like, everyone would have been upset. So, yeah, watch it for free if you are so inclined. But, um... So, Tiffany, you have seen this before. I saw this movie. I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. Um, but I don't think I'd seen it the one time I saw it and I understand why I never watched it again when I watched it today yeah this was a first for me I'd never seen it so uh oh god yeah so I but I do remember seeing ads for this on tv like something about because this was the tail end of tail end of Pauly Shore's like big career I would say this is kind of like his last big movie um and I do remember seeing ads for it on TV, and I remember thinking it looked dumb, even as a 10-year-old. So, um... Yeah. <laughs> but this yeah. is, uh... Yeah, so this is, uh... This is what we did. And so the biodome, but the theme... The reason why it's on point with quarantine is because it's at least ostensibly about uh, two guys get trapped in a biodome that is being closed off from the world for a year so they can't see their their girlfriends or their family or whatever um while they're locked inside yeah it felt very appropriate yeah and even like i noticed the movie like opens with a shot of guys wearing gas masks or not gas masks like face masks it was can we just talk for a second about what a chaotic opening it was like i've forgotten I mean, I only saw this the one time, so I was, what, like, 13 or something, 14 when this came out? It was the most 90s, jarring, chaotic opening I can ever recall. 
Like, it was just, like, a montage of, like, quick clips of dumb little, like, I don't even know, action figures and, like, rubber chickens and little green army men over, like, a terrible song. Sorry to whoever sang it, but it was trash. Um, Yeah, it was just a very jarring opening. That's so funny because the top of my note says most 90s opening sequence. Yeah, I wrote so 90s. And I I tried to break it down. Okay, so there's certain visual cues that scream 90s, and I was trying to break down what it exactly is that makes it 90s. Okay, hit me. So, okay, old 50s black and white stock footage. That was very popular. That was very popular. Like, if you watch old commercials or MTV or music videos, like, for some reason, 50s stock footage that's in black and white specifically, was super popular for some reason. Um, Collage-style lettering, like ransom note-looking lettering. Yep. Very frenetic editing style, like fast-paced and just chaotic. Yeah. Uh, A lot of images that are just random for, like, for no reason. They're random for randomness's sake. Like you said, like, there's, like, toy soldiers and... They have nothing to do with the actual movie. Not a thing. Nope. And then the punk music that is, everything's turned up to 10, so it's just loud wall of sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and things look dirty. Like, everything looks like it's been rubbed with mud. Yeah. And then the, the only thing it was missing that would have made it 100% peak 90s was anything with a fisheye lens. I'm, oh, yeah? I'm shocked that there was no fisheye lens footage. But, yeah, that was what I deduced was what makes it look 90s. You know the last movie um, that Stephen Baldwin was in before doing Biodome? No. The Usual Suspect. Oh, my God. Like, a quality, like, you can't really argue that is a very good movie. So he went from that movie to being Polly Shore's little sidekick in biodome like i cannot imagine i just that's so that trajectory is absurd to me that is like but why i mean i don't know are you sure are you sure it's the same baldwin because i know there's a handful of baldwins there's a handful of baldwins i looked it up because i was like what else has he done and i looked it up and that was the the movie he did just prior to this like because that was 95 like oh my god like come on but can i ask you a weird can i ask you a weird question always do you find the baldwins attractive no okay thank you do you no there's there's something about all like they're not ugly i would never say that but there's something about all of the baldwin brothers faces that i don't like i don't know what it is it, there's like a rattiness to their faces that's just like a sneer. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something about them. I can objectively say like they're not bad looking, but like I just find them, mm, I don't know, something about them. No, I definitely don't find them attractive. Okay, because I know some people really do. Well, who are you hanging out with? But I know, I feel like it's a thing people find Baldwin's attractive. Like I don't, uh, I, it's not, okay, I'm glad we're on the same page about this. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. 
But yeah, so so it's that it's him and Polly Shore and the movie. Like I don't even know what it's about. It's not about anything. Well, okay. So the movie is about the environment. <laughs> like it opens up and it's talking about how there's this biodome that has been created by the scientist Noah Faulkner because everything is terrible in the earth right now and there's environmental disasters everywhere. And so in the middle of the Arizona desert, the, the scientists have created this perfect, you know, biodome where people can live sustainably for one entire year. And they want to see if it's applicable, if they can make it work, then they can put these practices, I guess, into effect in the real world and, like, help fix the environment. And so that's, like, the whole premise of it is there's this biodome and then these two fucking absolute imbeciles of human beings end up crashing the party like they have to pee and instead of being men just pulling over on the side of the road to pee somewhere they think they see a mall but it's actually the biodome so they somehow end up inside the biodome to pee as the door is getting locked and then they're stuck in there for a whole year yeah that's it that's the movie all right good night everybody (laughs) see you later um whenever this quarantine's over bye so yeah because it's they show them like they're trying to pee I didn't ca- was there any dialogue about like there's a reason he couldn't pee so it's it's what's his face it's uh the Baldwin guy the Baldwin. his character's name was what was his character's name Doyle Doyle uh, and Polly Shore was Bud so Bud and Doyle but they also called him Squirrel yeah I don't know I guess that's his nickname so I don't know so Doyle like he they show him trying to pee multiple times, but he can't do it for some reason. And it, they, he, But he still, like, doesn't even pee in a bathroom. He pees on a waterfall. Like, they sneak into the biodome because, yeah, like you said, they think it's a mall. And they pee into a waterfall. And then they're like, yeah. okay, cool, now, now we can go. But then, yeah, like you said, the doors are locked. So that's the whole reason that they're stuck in there. And they can't... Yeah, because he had to pee. And, and you're it, telling me they couldn't have just peed outside? Like, you're telling me that is a man who has never whipped it out in public and peed on a bush? I don't think so. But, but before they even go inside, don't doesn't he try to pee, like, outside of the building, like, against the building? Yeah, I guess, and he has performance anxiety. I don't know. It's, like, the weakest reason for getting them into this situation. Like, they, they had the idea for the movie, but they couldn't figure out a logical way to get them inside. And, like, that was the only thing they could think of. It would have made more sense. They had two girlfriends who were, like, just stereotypical, you know, hippy-dippy, earth-loving women. So it would have made more sense if, like, one of their girlfriends was a scientist in the biodome. And they were there to say goodbye and somehow got inside because they couldn't bear to be a part of something. Like, that would have been more believable than, like, he couldn't pee outside. You just made the movie. And also... Even if it, like, if they had said it was a number two, then you can understand why they couldn't do it. Like, poop? yeah. <laughs> like, like, they're, like, but it's, no, it's like, oh, I have to pee, but it's like, literally, just pee anywhere. You're a dude if in the middle of the if desert. You're a dude, the world is your toilet. <sighs> like, literally. God. So, but no, so yeah, the girlfriends, okay, so the movie begins with. I guess Polly Shore and the, whichever Baldwin this is. Wait, Billy? Steven. Which one? Steven. Steven, okay. Steven, yeah. <laughs> Steven Baldwin. 
are like roommates and their their girl it's earth day and their girlfriends are trying to get them to do some earth day events to they as they said save the the whales which was 90s buzzwords ahoy that took me back um and so they try to get out of it by like he's man (laughs) he knocks them out and they make up some story about he like fell and hurt his head and they're too he's too injured to do anything Right, but then the, the girls figure out quickly, like, wait a minute, you guys are lying to us. Uh, you just smacked them on the head to avoid doing this volunteer work. F you, we're going by ourselves, like, see you later. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's bad. I think my favorite part of the movie, or the, not my favorite, that's a strong word. I think the most believable part of the movie is, like, once they're locked inside... Like, these doors are sealed. Like, they are not opening for anybody until the year is up. So, like, the scientists have to figure out what the fuck to do. And, like, the guy who's created the project and done all the funding, like, does this really hard pivot to talking about, like, yes, this was planned all along. Like, we put in these two complete idiots who are not scientists to simulate chaos theory to see what it would really be like in the real world when you can't control all the factors. And I was like, that actually is, like, a pretty decent... Like, pivot, that kind of makes sense. Like, I buy it. Um, so that, to me, was, like, the only thing in the movie that made sense. Yeah, because it... trying to explain it away. No, because you're right, because it would be, if there was a world war, a real-world version of this, there are going to be, like, I mean, hell, we've seen just in quarantine, there are people that aren't obeying any rules and going nuts. So yeah. it's an interesting element, and that was, yeah, you're right, that was, like, a, a smart turn. It was a smart turn. One thing I was trying to figure out during the whole movie, and then I sort of lost interest in it. There was a point where I think I could have figured it out, and I just didn't give a shit anymore. was like, how old are they supposed to be? They say that they're in junior college. Yeah. But the... I'm guessing, like, they're probably burnouts, so... They're probably, like, my my guess was, like, they're supposed to be, like, 24, 25-ish. Okay. What did you think? I couldn't tell. Like, I, I think what I really struggled with the most about this movie was, like, this whole existential questioning of, like, why, as a society, did we allow Polly Shore to become famous? <laughs> like, what about him captivated this? film industry for like such a decent chunk of time in the 90s like he was in everything like he was in all these movies that people thought were so funny and like I don't get it like there's nothing about him as a kid or now especially as an adult that like I find charming or likable or amusing or funny like he's just like the human equivalent of nails on a chalkboard everything about him is so cringeworthy obnoxious how did he become famous like he, how did he build a whole career on being a dick i don't get it so according to um, i just looked him up so because i wanted to see how old he was so he was 27 when they filmed this um so he was an mtv vj okay and, and i guess he just Oh, here we go. This is, okay. You know, his dad, nope, his mom founded the comedy store. Oh, you know what? I knew that. 
Because yeah. I think a couple times when I first moved out to LA and I went there, like, it's like all over that place. Like, you can't not know that if you go there. Yeah. That makes sense. So his parents, and he was born and raised in Beverly Hills, and his dad was a comedian, and his mom founded the comedy store. So that, ex- that he is like the earlier version of that other comedian that I can't stand. You know who it is. <laughs> I know who it is, and I want to say the name, but I won't say the name because I hate him too. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's like the 20 years prior version of that comedian we both dislike. Um, yeah. But I just don't get it. And like the whole time I'm watching it, like, I kept waiting to be like, am I going to chuckle at anything? Like, can I, like, turn my logical brain off at how this could not happen, this would not happen, and can I find any of this amusing? Like, even the basic level of humor. Because you know me, I will laugh at a poop or a fart joke all day long. Yeah. But, like, this, I don't know what it is. Like, there's just, they don't, this kind of humor doesn't do anything for me. It's obnoxious and annoying. And, it's not funny. And this is coming from a person who, and I don't mean this as a negative because I understand your feelings on this. Mm-hmm. You love Paul Blart Mall Cop. You know what? Paul Blart Mall Cop is an American classic, and I will put that on my tombstone. I am Paul Blart. Are we going to get into this again? No, 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 no. Because I, I get it. Because I, <laughs> I do think Kevin James is a funny person. I think that movie sucks. But I okay. do think he's a no, no. But I do think he's a naturally funny person, and I've liked his stand-up. I've seen some of his stand-up specials, so I get it. So it's not like saying like you're not the kind of person who like only likes Wes Anderson comedy. Like is what I'm saying. Oh, I don't like Wes. Yeah, my comedy does not have to be highbrow, but it has to be funny. Right, and like so, this isn't like because yeah. So this is, I have I have a controversial thought, sort of. Please. So as I was watching this, like, especially towards the beginning of the movie, I had a thought, like, he, okay, Polly Shore is actually kind of good looking. No, 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 like, listen to me, okay, so I thought, like, there were, I don't know if it was the haircut or the what, but I was just like, he's actually just purely Purely based on a physical face. Nothing else about a personality. He's actually, I was like, you know what? He's actually kind of good looking. You know what? I'm sorry. I think we might have a bad connection. Because I think I just heard you say that Polly Shore is attractive. No, 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 no. Hello, are you there? It's, (laughs) but, but, here's to say. It took me 20 plus years to realize this. And it it speaks a lot about how awful his his, uh, acting and person at least the way he acts as a, as a on film, is so terrible. His on-screen personality is so awful that it completely negates any physical attractiveness that he has. Like, it, that's how horrible his personality is. I can't even find him attractive. But, like... Objectively. Like, when he opens his mouth and talks, I completely agree he's not attractive. But there were some shots where he's not talking, and I was like, he's actually, like, got a good-looking face. Like, just... His bone structure, I, I thought, was kind of attractive, but then I was like, the second he opens his mouth, it immediately flew out the window, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's ugly. like, he's unattractive because of everything else. Well, and it's just so weird because I think, and again, I haven't seen like what were some of the other ones, like son-in-law, and like he did what was jury duty. Didn't he do one where he was in the army? Like they're all the same. Like he's the same character. In all of these movies. And America, like, bought this for a while. 
and like made him famous and gave him a whole lot of money i don't get it yeah i mean it's I don't because I think the difference is like you can say Paul Blart isn't funny and I will disagree with you, but like you can't tell me that you don't root for that character. Like he's charming and affable and like you like him. Yeah. But these two characters, like you don't like their they they don't really have any redeeming qualities. Um, I mean we're getting way off topic. This is just turning into like a we we hate Polly Shore podcast. But like there's just so much that happened in the movie that is just so bad. Like. I think they think we're supposed to find them charming and like, oh, these guys, like, they just can't grow up. They're just so silly and goofy. If I knew someone like that in my real life, I can't even tell you how fast I would, like, block their number or never see them in person if I could help it. Yeah, and they're presented as the heroes of this movie, and, like, you're supposed to be rooting for them, and I'm like, they're criminals. Like, they break into this biodome. Now, that was an accident, I will say, because they're too dumb to, re- to know better. But as yeah. this, um, the minute that they get into this biodome, they commit a plethora of crimes. Well, the first one uh, is actual sexual assault. Remember when they're trying to go and, like, they want to sleep in beds, and because they only plan to have uh, four scientists in there, or five scientists in there, they only have accommodations for that many, so they end up putting them in, like, a linen closet. And they're like, we're not comfortable here. So they go and they crash the rooms of the two, of course, sexy female scientists, one of whom is inexplicably played by Kylie Minogue, which we should probably talk about. Oh but, like, gosh. they go and they crawl into their bed, and they don't, like, try to keep a distance. They don't... They, like, immediately start groping these women in their sleep. It's, it's the, horrifying. It's to the point where I actually think an actual rape might have occurred. Like, the way that they were... Um, the way that they were acting and there was thrusting going on, I was like, oh my god, they literally just raped these women. Well, yeah, and then they run out of the, the women, like, realize they're being assaulted in their fucking sleep, and then they wake up and scream, and the guys run out of the room, like, laughing, like, this is the funniest thing that's ever happened. Yeah, and then, so, I don't know if you notice this, but so every time they make a sexual joke or flirt with any any woman in this entire movie. Polly Shore looks at the camera? No, I was going to say, the women never have a response. It's just silence. It's just, like, an eye roll at best. But, like, there's no... It's, like, to the point where they didn't even bother to write lines for these ladies. Like, they just constantly... And these are women are supposed to be scientists. Like, they're not, like, young women. Like, they're women, like, in their 30s. Like, older than these guys. They are scientists chosen for this project, and these two like horn dogs come in and like make gross sexual comments to them, and then they just are silent, no response, nothing. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how much of that can be blamed on this movie as blamed on the time because all of the females in this movie were created that way. Like they were all just put in there to be like sexualized and subjected in that way. So I think that's more a sign of um, just in general, how women are treated in Hollywood especially, but society in general, you know what I mean? And it was a different time where, like, in the 90s, like, people got away with that kind of shit a lot more frequently, and it was used as humor. I think that was what was more upsetting. It's like, that was used as, like, that was a joke. That was a joke that was written into the script. Like, this will be really funny to have them, like, molest these women who are not consenting. Like, yeah. I don't want to sound like a kill 
Feminist killjoy, but like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was a lot. Like, you know me, I'm not like gung ho, I mean, necessarily vocally about that, but I was like, ugh, like, I just felt uncomfortable watching that shit. That's the right word. It was uncomfortable. It was just uncomfortable. And like, that's what I wrote down in my notes. Like, are they supposed to be charming? Like, are we supposed to find this amusing or like, oh, you rap scallions, you guys, like, come on, you, because I didn't get that reaction at all, like, it wasn't, I don't know, it was, it left a bad taste in my mouth, quite honestly. I concur, and then, so, but, like, the actual movie itself, it's, like, I wish, like, we could go more into the plot, but, like, there, like, there, there isn't a plot. There, so it's weird, because, like, all of a sudden, halfway through the movie, they introduce all these new characters that we've never seen before, that I don't know what their purpose or their, fu- like, what, so, like, so, uh, Polly Shore's girlfriend, who was played by, apparently, a woman who, for decades, I thought was Jennifer Tilly and is not. No, that's Jennifer Adams, right? I, I get, I literally thought they were the same person until I looked this yeah. up on IMDb. Oh. Oh, that's funny. Now, she, wasn't she, um, the one from Chasing Amy? Yeah, apparently. I thought that was Jennifer Tilly as well. Oh. I thought I thought no. they were the same person for all of these years, and I was like, "Who's Joey Adams?" I have no idea. That's so funny. Yeah, Joey Lauren Adams. I think she only went by. Did she just go by Joey Adams? Anyway, but yeah, she was really famous in the '90s too. I think she had her biggest role. She was in Days and Confused, and then she was in like Mallrats and stuff. I think Chasing Amy was like her big one. Um, but that, I think that was after this movie. I don't know. She's in like the whole Kevin Smith universe. Yeah, apparently, but that's good to know. I, I didn't know that she was a, 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 her own unique human being, so that's, I, learned, yeah. I learned a lot today. Yeah. But, like, there's these weird, awkward cuts of her watching news stories about the guys in the biodome, and then it's like, there's a guy at her house who's, like, her mom's boyfriend? Yeah. And, like, he, what is his deal? Like, why is he in this movie? I don't know. They thought he was funny, I guess. But some, like, 40-year-old dude who, like, just sits on the couch all day and he's unemployed and he's watching TV. And, like, not to make fun of unemployed people because I'm currently unemployed myself. But, like, <laughs> but like he's, like, he doesn't do anything. Like, I, he's, like, presented, like, some kind of antagonistic character, but then nothing comes of it. I don't understand. I don't know. There were quite a few characters like that. Like, they, Rose McGowan is in this movie, too, briefly wearing white gloves, which I'm not quite sure what that was about. But, like, she's in the movie, basically, to kind of tempt the girls to, like, not cheat on their boyfriends, but be like, their boyfriends, you're in a biodome. Like, why don't you come and meet some men who, like, aren't actual living human shit stains? You know what I mean? So, like, that was kind of her only role in the movie, was, like, here's a flyer for a party you should come to. Right, and then, and then the girlfriends were so torn about doing anything social at all because they're like, well, our boyfriends are in a biodome, so therefore we shouldn't even do anything. Like, they went to a charity event, and they uh-huh. were like, we shouldn't be doing this because our boyfriends aren't here. I'm like, but they're not, they weren't flirting with people. They weren't talking to people. Like, they were sitting at a table doing God knows what, just, like, having a couple beers, and they were like, we shouldn't be doing this because our boyfriends. Like, what? 
Yeah, I would have loved to have had any kind of um, understanding or knowledge given to us about why they were with these guys in the first place, because it seemed like they were kind of established relationships, and meaning like long-term, and it seemed also like they kept just being mad at them because they were constantly like not taking things seriously and letting them down and not showing up for things they wanted them to show up for. So I'm like, what are they bringing to the table? Nothing. Like, why are you still with these idiot right and like I don't know. and and the guys act so when they hear through the grapevine the guys eventually hear that their girlfriends are going to like parties without them it, they're like they freak out like they can't be meeting guys without us and it's like yeah. well but you actually assaulted two women and are and made out with them and you like the idea of your girlfriend's talking to other men enrages you and i'm like and they they didn't do anything the two girlfriends they didn't they didn't cheat at all no well that's just men for you though (laughs) i don't know if that's special to this movie that's just men but But like yeah no 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 but then i don't know like yes i was just gonna try to get to the plot a little bit i mean like the 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 only line i really remember from the trailer is like once they realize they're stuck in the biodome, like, Polly Shore has that line where he's like, just because we're stuck in a bubble doesn't mean we can't cause any trouble. But, like, these two dudes that have locked themselves in that are ostensibly old enough to realize just how much they're fucking up this $100 million project, they decide to just wreak havoc. They don't decide to try to lay low. They don't ask how they can help, how they can stay out of the way. They just, like, go fucking nuts like they bungee jump off something i don't know how they made bungee cords they like destroy the entomologist's room with all of like these bugs these rare insects that he's been collecting and like trying to get to breed that have never bred in the natural world they like just destroy all that they like are playing football and like peeing in the waterfall and like they find this room full of junk food and nitrous oxide and just destroy all of that and like they just go out of their way to do as much terrible shit as possible. Not even like they're just trying to keep themselves entertained. They're doing destructive things to be destructive. Yeah, there's they're no They're not reason. doing it to like entertain themselves. They're doing it specifically to be assholes. Yeah, it makes they commit so many crimes. Like Yeah. They like theft, they just and it's and the guy the people that are supposed to be the bad guys of this movie are the scientists that are trying to keep this experiment afloat and but i'm like the whole time i guess that's a sign of maturity or age or whatever but the whole time i'm like you know what the guy who's the villain of the movie i'm 100 percent on his side (laughs) yeah no i agree i agree and then like they they cause so much trouble and they do so much bullshit that like the scientists eventually get fed up and they exile them to the desert section of the biodome Meaning, like, they put them down there and they remove the stairs so that they cannot leave the desert. And then for whatever reason that makes no sense to me, the two female scientists, the two sexy female scientists, I should say, because there's a third female scientist, but she's a little bit older, she's a little bit dumpier, she's a little heavier, so, like, she doesn't have any, I don't even think we know her name, they don't care about her because she's not hot. No. But, like, the two hot ones are like, oh, you guys, like, you can't leave them down there, they'll die. I'm like, why the fuck do you care? They maybe raped you like why do you give a shit if they're stuck down in the desert right now yeah 
I do say, I, I did feel like a little, like, I would understand that feeling of just having, even if the person was terrible, like, I wouldn't want a person to die on account of us. And I was like, I get why they're like, we shouldn't murder them over this. Like, as I wasn't a, just saying, but they could have been like, let's throw them down food or let's right. throw down water or something. But they weren't saying that. They were, the tone of their voice was like, oh, these poor sweet boys. Like, why are you doing this to them? It wasn't like we need to make sure they stay alive. So like, here's a canteen and like some beef jerky. It was like, let's help them out. Ugh. Yeah, it was obviously not. Yeah, I don't know. But so, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, this is the whole movie. But the, but then like they get out. There's so they find while they're in the desert. There's a key left in a in um a window that they. <laughs> They open the window, and then they escape, and then they, like, manage to get out, and then I don't even remember what they do after they get out. <laughs> they decide they, they're worried that they're losing their women, like you said, so what they want to do to get the women to come back to them is throw, like, a massive environmental awareness party, and they want to do it at the biodome. So they, like, call their buddy who works at, like, a friggin' Kinko's, and he, like, somehow sends out the word to where, like, thousands of people are showing up to the biodome to come in through this back window and somehow they managed to get in like a bouncy castle and tiki lights and like a whole band and all of their equipment and set up so they're having like this absolute raging kegger inside the biodome that's going on for maybe like 15 or 20 minutes before the other scientists realize there's other people inside which didn't make any sense to me because the system at the very beginning like, alerted them that there were, not intruders, but, like, alerted them that, like, when he was peeing in the waterfall, that there was something amiss going on. So you're telling me that system will tell you when someone's peeing in the waterfall, but it's not going to tell you when a window opens, when people leave, and then when more people come in? Yeah, like, a thousand people enter, and apparently that doesn't disrupt the ecosystem at all. Yeah, why did they notice? You know what we did skip over? Um, I got to circle back to, because I wrote down as an exclamation point. The women, their girlfriends, are at the junior college campus, like, at their version of, like, an environmental party or whatever. Did you see who the band was there? Tenacious D? Yeah, it was, like, baby Tenacious D. Jack Black looked like he was, I don't know, 200 pounds lighter and maybe, like, 30 years old at best. I was like, oh, what's he doing here? Get out of this movie. You're better than this. Yeah, there, okay, I mean, should we, should we? Talk about the cameos, right? Because there's a lot of cameos in this movie. I don't know sure. if you noticed all of them. I don't know. I, I, was, I had an eye out because I thought there might be, but I don't know how many I, I missed. Who do you got? So, yeah, Tenacious D, I, this is the earliest I've ever... I mean, this was this was filmed in 1995, and Tenacious mm-hmm. D is in the movie, which I'm like, was shocking. Um, Tenacious D, by the way, because I waited till the end to see if they were because what is it? Um, Jack Black and this other guy's name Kyle Guest or whatever. So I wanted to see if they were credited separately, but it was one line of Tenacious D. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm glad that Kyle Gas got equal credit, but you know, yeah. I, I had never seen them in a movie earlier than this, so good for them. This might have been their yeah. first big role. I don't know, but yeah. I recognize I recognize Jack Black's voice immediately because like you hear yeah. them singing before you see them and I was like holy shit that's Jack Black yeah um but so yeah Rose McGowan like you said she has maybe four lines in this entire movie yeah and I don't know if you noticed at the very end of the movie when they're 
waiting like there's a whole thing where they're trying to they're waiting for the guys to get out of the biodome and there's like a crowd waiting she's pregnant in that scene Rose McGowan's character she has like a huge baby belly in that scene absolutely did not notice that yeah I don't know why I don't know if there was a cut scene but yeah she was visibly pregnant um so that was weird but um another what did you see that one guy Phil Lamar I had to look him up because I was like oh I know that guy's face he does like all these I feel like you would know him he does a ton of like Oh, for animation. No, I know Phil. I feel okay, he was on Mad TV and he does Samurai Jack's voice. Yeah, he does so many voices. Um, but yeah, he was in it at the very, very end. He was like one of the reporters. Oh, I didn't even notice Phil Lamar. Yeah. No, but I, I definitely know who he is. Um, and okay, so another uh, two more other big cameos that were crazy. Um, yeah. So, do you remember the scene where the the girlfriends are at the college and they ha- they're signing someone's shirt? Yeah. Um, that is Bill Clinton's brother. I 100% did not know that. I didn't know it either until I looked it up, but that is Roger Clinton. Yeah. Why he's in it, I don't know, but he's there. And then the biggest mindfuck cameo for me was um so they have several flashbacks to when they're kids when the the two losers are kids and then at the end um the mom uh the guy or the woman who plays uh polly shore's mom you know who that is it's patty hurst are you okay you sound a little muffled right now I'm okay. I I haven't changed anything. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Sorry, you just... You, oh, no. You got super muffled for a minute there. Uh, the technology. But yeah, it's Patty Hurst. I recognized her. Yeah, that's... Why? Why? <laughs> well, she, she, like, tried to be an actress, I think, around that time. She had a few roles and stuff. Like, I'm trying to think of what... I don't remember what else she was in. But I do feel like she had a few other little film roles. Yeah, she did. It was just, but like, but Biodome, I don't, and they filmed this in California, and like, well, so the location of the actual Biodome is, I've been there, it's in Van Nuys. I was going to ask, I figured you would know where it was. It's a water reclamation, is that, am I saying that correctly? I don't know. Yeah. Plant. I think you are. And it's like right on the border of uh, Sherman Oaks and Van Nuys, and it's a Japanese garden. Yeah, and I've been there before several times, and I was like, and it looks exactly the same. Like, and nothing has changed. So, yeah, so if you, if you want to see the biodome, I can take you there sometime. And then that's the out, but I don't think we need to go to the biodome. Okay. It smells <laughs> really bad over there, I will say. Like, yeah, there's like a weird like a sour scent a garbagey scent in the air over there because it is a water reclamation plant but um yeah, yeah so that's um that's where that is okay. um okay so back to the tenuous plot yes so they have this massive party and the girls show up and they get furious and they break up with them because they're like again their only character or personality trait is we like the environment and so they're like, I can't believe you guys, like, ruined this whole thing. And, like, you're terrible. I never want to see you again. Lose my number. Bye. 
And this is when, this is the point in the movie where the guys are like, oh, we fucked up. We should fix this. And at this point, I paused the movie, and there was less than 30 minutes left. And I was like, so we went through over an hour to, I thought this was paced so poorly, and you're the writer, so you'd be able to tell me, like, how this was written, if this was written wrong. But, like, really, like, the last half an hour is when they have their big realization that they need to fix everything? Like, that felt very rushed to yep. me. Like, shouldn't that have happened earlier? Yeah, it should. I mean, there was... It, it, there's more problems with the script than can be possibly counted. Yeah. So you get to a point where you just have to be like, whatever, that's just how it, it's going to be. Yeah, so they basically have 30 minutes left, and, and Stephen Baldwin swallows the key, and is like, no one else can leave now. Now we have to fix this and get this biodome back up to 100% homeostasis. And like at the time, I think it was at like 1%. And they have, like, less than a month to do it. Which and, was, yeah. yeah. No, so, but like, did you notice that, so, yeah, they said something like it was just a few weeks. But then, yeah. like, they show them celebrating Thanksgiving. No, they show them celebrating Halloween and then Christmas in the dome. Yeah, you're right. It's, and it's supposed to be within a four-week period. I'm like, well, that doesn't track. No, that doesn't track. And, like, so suddenly, because the guys have decided, we need to fix this, which, by the way, they caused all of this massive, massive problems. Like, they caused it. Them. Yeah. And now these people are, like, on board because they've decided they want to fix it. At, at no point is there, like, a learning curve. The scientists are just, like, all on board, 100%, love that they're there, are so into it think they're so funny and charming like they're sharing toothbrushes now they're dancing together they're dressing the same like they're the best fucking friends in the whole entire world it was infuriating and made no sense yeah it was like these guys are trying to do the thing that the scientists have been actively doing all along which is to preserve the biodome and for research you know um yeah they're able to figure out a way to do it and fix it in in like a three-month span yeah. Which is insulting to scientists everywhere, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, it's... And um, my, fa- my actual favorite part, this is genuine, I will send you a screenshot so we can, like, post it with this whenever we post it. The, during this montage of them, like, fixing the biodome, they're riding, do you remember when they were riding on the back of the cow, both yes. of them? Yes. You can see the animal handler in that shot. Oh, I rewound it because I was like, are those just legs? Like, behind the cow? What the hell? So I paused it. You can see, like, a pair of blue jeans and boots and, like, a dude's face and a hat, like, guiding the cow as they're sitting on it. And they're walking. He's, like, pushing the cow along to walk. It was the funniest thing. I'm just impressed they actually had an animal handler because, like, I would have thought it would have just been... Too. <laughs> At least, hey, there's there's a point for the movie, I will say. But Hollywood, you know they've got to have animal handlers. Yeah, Come but uh, but this was twenty five years ago. Like you don't know. That's true. That's true. So, but yeah, so they they've made this like massive problem that's apparently super super easy to fix, and now the two women that they molested are in love with them. And, like, have this scene where they both knock on the door and they come in and they both start making out with them right next to each other. Like, they full-on want to, like, sleep with them together. Like, uh, I just... No words. Have you... Can I ask you this? Have you ever been in a situation where you've made out with another person 
next to another couple that is making out. Like, right literally next to you in the same room. Uh, no. Okay. Me neither. I just was curious because they're... When I say they're... No, okay, not in, a way, not in a way that's, like, clearly purposeful leading to sex. No. Oh, okay. Because no, it just... It, I thought that was weird. I was like, I can't it's imagine... Cool. They're, they're not only, like, are they in the same room. The, the men are... They're literally touching okay. each other. They're, like, laying in a hammock next to each other, arm, like, shoulder to shoulder. And the girls both jump on them. I think it was meant to be a, uh, I think it was meant to be, like, some sort of group sex activity. I don't think it was, you know what I mean? I don't think the women went in there with the intention of, we're each going to sleep with them one-on-one. Oh, boy. That's not how I got oh, what I, I got see. from it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, uh, although I, I did, I did think it was interesting, that, I don't know if you, I'm sure you caught this, but, like, towards the beginning of the movie, both of them, both of the guys say that they're or I don't know what it was, but like they say they're bi. They were very comfortable like touching each other all over their body and snuggling and stuff. Yeah, I thought that was actually like the one only semi-progressive thing in this movie was that both of the guys make a comment about how that they swing both ways, like as a joke for biodome. Yeah. And like, I mean, I just, I, I get what you're saying, but I feel like the fact that they like just molested women and like treated them like just actual human receptacles for them kind of negates anything positive they were trying to do. No, I know, but I, I thought that was, like, I don't recall that being, especially back in the mid-90s, like, that being such a widely accepted, like, oh, yeah, we're both, like, totally cool with, like, we're two best friends, but we're, like, cool with being sexual with each other. I was like, oh, that's yeah. that's kind of, like, weird. Like, I'm not, outside of anything else that happened in this movie, I was like, oh, that's, like, a weirdly progressive slant. Like, they're like, yeah, we don't give a shit. Like, we're gonna be totally, like, whatever with each other. We don't care. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of... I, I get it. I see what you mean. Yeah, but, um, yeah, no, but apart from that, yeah, everything else in this movie was trash. Um, although I did, I did like the, um, the, how all of the dudes in the movie were all pretending to be into social causes just to get laid. Well, yeah, I think that's a real thing for sure. Oh, like, 100%. That's an absolute fact. <laughs> Yeah, there there was an SNL sketch not that long ago of like them of like these women at a bar and it was like for some feminist event and it was like guy after guy coming I think it was Cecily Strong like coming up to her and being like, Man, these guys are such tools, like I'm really pro woman, blah 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 and then like immediately Yeah. Yeah. And like just one after the other and it was like a dozen men just like, Oh, that guy sucks, I'm so sorry about him, but I'm really and then just trying to make out with her again. Um, yeah, the one guy in this movie even says because Joey Lauren Adams is like you don't even care about the environment he was like no I was just trying to get in your pants and I was like well that's the most honest thing that anyone has said in this whole entire movie it's <laughs> so true like yeah like I I mean I've even dated I dated someone that shall remain nameless who like kept insisting without any prompting that he was super feminist and like I said I mean you know me I don't bring up feminist topics and conversations and I don't yeah and so like he would just out of nowhere be like you know I'm a feminist and I'm like we were we were just talking about Lord of the Rings like I don't okay like it's not like apropos of nothing and then and then like and then he would all then he would but then, like, he would say that weirdly and force it in. 
And then, like, but in day-to-day life, it was like, oh, you're the exact opposite of that. Like, just the way he casually would mention women, it was like, mm, you're trying to force it, because, like, clearly this is a card you play to get into people's pants. Like, no, like, I, I see right there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've all we've all known that guy. We've all dated that guy. Yeah. But we all know what's happening when it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, men are trash. No, I don't agree with that. I I think human mm-hmm. beings are trash, but yeah, um, there you go. That's better. Yeah, I don't I I don't like I don't like generalizing about a whole gender. Um, I don't know. Just because that feels weird to me and and hypocritical. But I uh, yeah. But but you know what I. If you hate all genders equally, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not all men, am I right? No, I mean, because I know plenty of decent men, absolutely. I also know a lot of shitty women, so I think it's, I think, I just think the human race is just dumb. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. I know a lot of shitty women, too. I just, the shitty men I know are able to do a lot more with their shittiness just because of their position that they were born into naturally through no choosing of their own. Oh, that's They're cool. able to wield their shittiness in a much more brazen, aggressive manner, in my personal opinion. Yeah. But we don't have to go down that road. No. I, I just, yeah, so this, but this movie is dumb. Oh, I don't know. I, I noticed, <laughs> so I noticed before I, I clicked on the link to watch it um, that it has four and a half stars out of ten. I mean, that's kind of generous. And I think that was too high of a rating. Yeah, it was a generous rating. And I mean, because this movie basically ends where, like, they magically fix this huge disaster they've created. And then, like, the lead scientist uh, at the beginning of the movie has, like, gone insane and started making bombs out of coconuts. And he decides that, like, he wants to bring down the biodome um, when it, like, opens. When it reopens on Earth Day, a year from once it closed. He wants it to explode. So he's, like, planting these bombs everywhere with the help of Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin, who are too idiotic to notice that these bombs, or that these coconuts have, like, wires coming out of them, and, like, they're actively turning switches on the coconuts before they put them down. And so only at the very end do they realize they're bombs when, like, the guy throws one and it explodes. Remember, inside, one explodes in the biodome before it opens. Yeah, and they're like... And when, it, and when it opens, at the end, it says it's 100% homeostasis. I'm like, how? A bomb went off like five minutes ago inside. How is everything fine? I, I the, the closest to a chuckle I got in this entire movie was when the one coconut exploded, and I actually thought it looked like a fairly dangerous stunt. Because, like, yeah. flaming debris lands very close to... Mr. Baldwin's face and um, I was like oh that actually looks like it would have been a scary stunt and then after they pause and look at all the Fleming debris one of them says I don't think these are normal coconuts and like that's the closest I got to a chuckle in this entire movie sorry I said that hit you in the right spot just because it was so stupid like, <laughs> that I was like, it's so stupid to the point where I am amused by it. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, but then the guy, yeah, he's trying to blow it up for, like, because it's his life's work and it's been destroyed. And so he's like, well, if I am going down, taking the whole thing with me, I guess. Yes. I'm not quite sure. 
I don't know. I mean, they basically, it ends up with them being touted as, like, heroes for saving the biodome. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they solved the problem in the first place. All I know is that the very last thing I wrote down is I hated this. <laughs> I'm glad you hated it. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not good. I mean, it's it's very time capsule in terms of, like, just the vibe of the nine, like the mid nineties, perfectly are encapsulated in this. Like, percent, yeah. But yeah, it was it was so poorly written. It was poorly acted. Like everything, poor poor Kylie Minogue. Like poor, ugh, I don't know. I think waiting for the moment where like they would play one of her songs or something, because that's such like a mind fuck when you have a celebrity playing a character that's not their celebrity but then they make reference to them on that show or in that movie do you know what i mean like yeah. for example there's a thing i think it happens a lot in friends like they talk about die hard a lot and then there's like those few episodes where bruce willis shows up as the dad of someone that ross is dating but he's not bruce willis he's just playing another character and i guess like as the audience supposed to be like a wink and a nod so like remember when they talked about Die Hard but to me it's like so in their universe Die Hard exists meaning Bruce Willis exists so they would recognize this person they should at least freak out and be like oh my god you look just like you know the guy who plays McClane and or John McClane and Die Hard but I kept waiting for like that conundrum to happen in this movie but it didn't I think that would have been giving them too much credit yeah well but the, here's the thing with every movie and this has haunted me since I was a child like in every single movie, the, the, they exist in a universe where every actor in that movie, their movies don't exist. Because that actor yeah. doesn't exist. So, like, the more you think about it, the more of a, a headache-inducing problem this becomes. Because it's like, yeah. okay, well, if Will Smith is in this movie, then all Miss Will Smith movies don't exist in this universe. Which means... All of those other movies that all those other people started and don't exist, and like, and it just like it starts becoming like a headache, and it it, it bothers me a lot. <laughs> I hear you. It clearly fits with me in a weird way too, because I just talked quite a bit more than I intended to uh, or knew I had in me about Bruce Willis guest starring on. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I feel like that show in particular, and you know, we could phone a friend, we could pull Anna into this call because she would know for sure but like they did that a lot like I think they had Elle McPherson was Joey's roommate in like a few episodes yeah. not playing Elle McPherson even though the guys have talked about like how much they want to bang Elle McPherson so like wouldn't her coming in they at least be like oh my god you look just like this model and like make a comment about it like I don't know well yeah and then they have Julia Roberts is in an episode of Friends Brad Pitt's in an episode yeah. of Friends like so many people it goes really deep and it's um it's strenuous to think about so have fun with that everyone who hasn't thought about that and now that's all you can think of enjoy the rest of your quarantine oh no with that on your brain (laughs) so kylie so the song locomotion does not exist in the biodome universe is what you're saying her music catalog does not exist in biodome wow this is a problem so, yeah. So, anyway, yeah, so out of a score, out of a... So, what, what would you give this? I mean, I would like to give it a zero. Have we ever done that? No, but you, you're you allowed. 
I'm going to give it a zero. I found nothing redeeming about it. And all it did was make me question humanity. <laughs> like, how did how did he become famous? How is that okay? How is this a pocket in time where, like, this kind of humor was acceptable? And, like, this trained a generation of youths that, like, this is comedy and this is funny and acceptable behavior. And I've never felt more old in my entire life than I do right now after having said that out loud. <laughs> But, like, I just, I didn't find anything likable about any of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, apart from there, there was a few brushes with nostalgia that I enjoyed. Like, um, I loved, I wrote Jennifer Tilly, but it's not Jennifer Tilly, because Joey Adams' outfit at the beginning, um, she's wearing, like... Or, or, like, the saggy bike shorts and a crop top. She, she's wearing the, the, the... Like what is the Kelly green t- crop top, and the shorts, but like they're like the Dickies shorts that are like have the the stripes down the sides. Mm-hmm. I had a pair of shorts that looked just like that in 1996. So I was like, and I had totally forgotten about them, and I was like, oh, I have pants just like that, and it made me nostalgic. Um, and then just a few things like that. But apart from that, uh, no, I'm gonna give it a one. Yeah. This is, I think, the harshest one we've ever had. And I don't know if it's quarantine fever just getting to me, but, like, I feel like I would have these thoughts if this was a normal day. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so... Not, it was not good. No, it was Bad. It wasn't... It, it The only thing it's good for is it is a good little snapshot of what was, like, in the zeitgeist in, the in like, late 1995, early 1996. In terms yep. of just clothes, hair, style, people randomly saying corporate and save the whales and save the rainforest. Um, yeah. And apart from those kind of buzzwords and stuff, there there is no redeeming value to this. I agree. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. So fuck Biodome. Oh, Am I right? Totally. So yeah, don't... <laughs> do not watch. Uh, but yeah, uh... Anything else do you want to share, Tiffany, at all before we head oh, out? Oh, gosh. No, I just, you know, I miss you very much. I wish that we were doing this in person. It's been a few months since we've seen each other. Yeah. And it's been brutal. I think the last time we saw each other was, did we see each other after my birthday trip? Yeah, once maybe? Yeah, so I haven't seen you since, like, February. And that's a, that's probably the longest time in our decade-long friendship that we've gone without seeing each other. It's been shitty. Yeah. I miss you. I miss you, too. Man. Well, we'll see each other again soon. We will. I mean, we saw each other in person on Skype when we were trying to figure this out earlier. So, I mean, I see your face, (laughs) but I haven't been in a room with you, which is a bummer. Yeah, but we will soon, and I hope you guys are together with your friends and family soon, too. Yeah, I hope everybody is staying safe and healthy and actually um, taking it seriously and following whatever precautions are uh, in place wherever you're living. Yep, me, yes. Be, yeah. be smart. The, the, the sooner, the longer we can stay in this, then the, the less, I guess, chance that we're going to have to continue it further. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Fuck knows. There's no blueprint for any of this. We're nope. all just kind of figuring it out as we go, and it's been challenging to say the least. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. So, but in the meantime, 
what you guys can do is uh, be kind to each other. Be kind to yourselves because I think a lot of people are struggling with like they're seeing so many things on social media and people talking about like oh I'm like we were talking about earlier like I've started this new fitness regime or I'm learning a new language or I'm doing this and like that makes me feel bad when I see stuff like that because I'm not doing any of those things. So like listen, if the best you can do every day is wake up and put on pants, like good fucking job, like good for you, like. Don't hold yourself up to these unrealistic expectations that other people might have for you. Take it day by day. That's all I can do. That's that's good because honestly, like when this all started, people were really pressuring people to like not not like aggressively pressuring, but just sort of like now is the time to write that novel or whatever. And you're just like, Ugh. but um, it is the time to just live day to day yeah. and get through each day however you can. Yeah, just do what you can, and if you, if you if you're not doing anything except drinking all day, go for it. Just do that. Uh, if you're if you are writing the next great American novel, c- good for you. That's awesome too. So just no, don't have any expectations. Just do what you're comfortable and happy with, and um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think people just really, really need to be like I said, be kind to other people, obviously, but. People really need to be gentle with themselves, too, because this is an unprecedented kind of experience, and none of us really know how to deal with it. And the last thing that's going to help is beating yourself up over something you can't control. Yeah, absolutely. Be nice to yourself, people. You only have one you. Be nice to you. You have one you, one life. That's it. So just don't, don't be a dick to yourself. And if you're really fucking bored and have nothing else to do, maybe go ahead and check out our back catalog of pre-quarantine episodes, right? There you go. Yeah, give it a shot. That is great advice. Don't laugh at that. No, I'm not. No, that was smooth. That was real smooth. That was so smooth. And something else you can do um, is follow Caitlin on Twitter. She's funny as hell. Yep. What's your What's your Twitter handle? At Duffosaurus underscore Rex. I'm not even there to coach you or do the hand gesture, and you got the underscore. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And you're at T Soul 8? Yeah, but I don't ever tweet. I just like tweets and retweet things. I don't have anything to say, so I don't say anything. Well, just keep being you, and so then don't follow her on Twitter because she don't got nothing, so. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram under the same handle, and you can follow us on Instagram at Peanut Butter and Jelly Shoot. That's right. Do that. Yeah, do that. Follow us. Stay connected. Yeah. Just send us a hel- <laughs> send us a hello. Like we'll respond seriously. Yeah. Well, the fuck else do we have to do? Send, send us, us a message. Say hi. DMs. Yeah, slide yeah, into our know, we've DMs. Some of those. I need to send them to you. We've gotten some DMs. We do. We do. You have the password. You're going to have to tell me after this because I don't remember it. Okay. Um, yeah, slide into our DMs, folks. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. Um, anyway, that, uh, I hope that uh, this has been enjoyable for you guys because we did not enjoy watching it. <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed listening to us bitch about it. Yeah, it was, uh, it, but it was good to chat with you again. Oh. Um, do you have anything else to share? Nope, that's it. That's it. Alright, well, thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Tiffany. I'm Caitlin. See you later. Bye.